Welcome to the Genius Women Podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer and writer with work in some incredible publications like National Geographic, Farm Magazine, and more. And this year, you'll see my name in places like Condé Nast Traveler. I'm on a mission to help other women who want to grow their travel storytelling careers go after their dreams while feeling supported, worthy, and bold. If you're ready to ditch your fear and doubt to the side, step into your brilliance and take action on your dreams, you're in the right place. Let's go. This week, the table gets turned on me, and for once, I'm in the guest seat. I recently had the pleasure of coming on to an amazing new podcast called Let's Get Stabby, featuring women in business who are poking holes in the patriarchy. This podcast is created by Lauren Andrews, a fellow female entrepreneur who runs a wonderful community called Unicorn Exchange. Unicorn Exchange is a place for women entrepreneurs to normalize female leadership and get more women in the spotlight. I love the mission of Unicorn Exchange, and I was thrilled when Lauren asked me to come on to her podcast. On the Let's Get Stabby podcast, Lauren has already interviewed amazing women like Mina Black, founder of In the Black Financial Wellness, a company providing financial and business guidance for women working on their angel investing wings. Alison Grishow, an actress, voiceover creator and musician and founder of The Joyful Actor. And Kate Bagoy, a Forbes Council business coach and founder of SixFigureFreelancers.com. Lauren also interviewed me, and let me just tell you, she's an amazing host. The questions she asked me were some of the most thought-provoking and insightful questions I've been asked in a while, and I absolutely loved our chat. So I'm thrilled to be able to share it with you today as well. And while you're listening to this episode this week, I also wanted to share with you that I am currently on assignment. Yes, the week that this podcast comes out, I'm on assignment in Central Californian Coast for National Geographic Traveler. This is my first assignment since everything shut down last year, and there are lots of feelings surrounding this one. Stay tuned because we're going to dig into that and dedicate a whole episode to this assignment very soon. All right, let's get into this conversation I had with Lauren Andrews for her Let's Get Stabby podcast. You're listening to Let's Get Stabby. I'm your host, Lauren Andrews. Join me as we poke holes in the patriarchy by sharing the stories of women founders. Tune in to hear directly from these unicorns who are using their businesses to make the world a better place. Hello, everyone. I am here with Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer and writer with work in Nat Geo, BBC Travel, Lonely Planet, and more. Yulia is the most amazing human with the most robust background. She was a U.S. Navy sailor, a corporate brand manager for over a decade at the world's biggest consumer goods company, and now she is focusing on her latest project as the founder of Genius Women. What an amazing name and background and story, and Yulia, I am so excited to dive in with you today. Me too. Me too, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's an honor on our end. And so I can't wait to ask you this icebreaker question. 
it's tradition that we pull a card from the best self icebreaker deck to get started every episode. And so if you accept my question for you today is, have you, what have you learned about life from loss or death? Ooh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's a big one to start with on a, on a Wednesday morning. We're, oh. we're jumping right in. <laughs> Ah, about loss or death. Um, So loss is something that's inevitable. um, And I think that sooner we can all understand that it's just not possible to hold on to things, to people, to situations, to environments. Everything always changes and... We always lose something, but what I've learned recently is that, or like what I'm learning, you know, it's a journey, is that the universe is smart also. And when you lose something, oftentimes it's to make space for something new because everything Mm. is cyclical. Everything is a journey. Everything always changes. So when you lose someone or something, new things and new people always come into your life and that give, should give you a little bit of hope that mm. uh, you know that's that's you know we have loss but then we also have uh, new gains and new chances and new discoveries in the process and that's the way that I would like to now think about it and it has helped me quite a bit oh so true and with knowing a little bit about your story you have gone through so many different changes that can be seen as almost losses, right? Like we, whenever we have a big major life adjustment, we, we lose that chapter and go into a next. And normally I don't like to ask, Hey, what's your background? Uh, Because it's not usually relevant to what we're talking about, but I think your story and really your journey of immigrating to the U S and how you quote made it in this country realize that's not what you really wanted and you kind of kept transitioning and figuring out what you actually loved. I'd Mm -hmm. actually love for you to share it with our listeners because I think your story is so important and just so inspirational. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, what what I what I joke sometimes is that I've I've lived through so many different lives uh, already. Uh, you know, to my thirties. Yes, I agree. <laughs> In fact, I'll give you this quick little story, um, and and you can cut it out later if it doesn't make sense. But, um, I was I was dating a man once. Um, you know, maybe five six years ago, and. I was just telling him about my life and sort of my journey and where I was and, you know, all this stuff. And he was older than me, uh, maybe five, six years older than me. And he said, Yulia, I'm, I'm intimidated by you because you've done in your, you know, however many years by that point, you've done way more than I've done by this time in my life. And not just in terms of accomplishments. That's not what he was talking about, but he was just saying like different life experiences and just the you know, the, the breadth, the breadth of those experiences I was like, oh, great. <laughs> that didn't go anywhere. That, 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 that relationship didn't go anywhere. Done. <laughs> Done at the word intimidated. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to intimidate anyone. Um, yeah, no. So definitely like a lot of changes in my life. And I think that's actually, that's actually something that really helps us on this journey to re 
realizations to actualization to fulfilling our potential chasing our dreams and really designing our life the way we want because when we are comfortable with change with taking risks with being a little bit bolder I think that just you know it's easier to go on this journey because you know I talk to a lot of women uh, now as part of the genius women platform and I know that a lot of us have a lot of beautiful dreams about what they would like to do with their lives, what kind of projects they would like to pursue, you know, and and not just in the travel journalism sphere, which is kind of my area of expertise, but in general, as people, right, we all have aspirations, we all have a lot of different things, but like, I don't know, people just, they're afraid to change things sometimes. And it's so hard to do that when you're already in this routine and this established kind of trail that you're walking along in life. And, you know, um, it's, it's really hard to get out of that. So, uh, but, you know, just, just to quickly (laughs) to, uh, uh, to share some of my story. Yeah. I I came to the U S at 16. Um, I, uh, I was an immigrant and at 21, I joined the military uh, because I always wanted to be in international relations. So go mm. figure. I, I thought that that path somehow made sense, <laughs> <laughs> which in hindsight, it absolutely didn't. But uh, you know, I, <laughs> I made you that You would move. think, though. <laughs> you would think. But actually, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, unless you're like in the top echelons yeah. of the military, and then you're talking with different governments. And yeah, then, but not as a sort of entry-level sailor. No, that, that's not, we, we scrubbed the floors. That's what we did. <laughs> um, uh, and then after the military, I sort of actually cho- chose a path that was laid out in front of me, which is go back to school, go get a graduate degree, um, go enter corporate world because as an immigrant, there is a big expectation for us to be successful, to mm-hmm. justify the f- fact that we came here to this country. And, you know, a lot of us are coming from really um, low socioeconomic uh, places. I, you know, my family was poor growing up. We were struggling. And so, you know, for us, for me, the expectation was always very clear. You have to go to school, you have to study hard, work hard and make it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I did. Yes, I went and I joined uh, the corporate world. I was making a six figure salary, which was the first ever in my whole family of families of families. (laughs) Um, And I was miserable inside. Mm -hmm. So miserable because... I didn't like my marketing job. I didn't like, I didn't understand the pressures. Like, why do we have to work 80 hour weeks? Uh, Why I don't have any time to pursue the things that I really passionate about, like traveling, like storytelling, like creative projects. And at the end of the day, I felt like, is this really all there is to life? Am I supposed to sit in front of computer from, you know, eight to eight? every day and nights and weekends is 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 that what i'm yeah, like is, is that, that all this is, is? <laughs> yeah so and i had that gnawing feeling almost the whole time i was in corporate you know and it was mm. really miserable for me because on the surface i was very successful i you know i, I had this great salary a title i had an apartment in manhattan like the whole the you whole, had it the whole it package done. but yeah, but I was really miserable. And so that's when, for me, 
the impetus was, you know, I need to change something in my life because I, that, that's just not working. And, you know, traveling was always part of my life. I always loved getting to know different cultures and I loved photography. I loved writing all of that. And so I just said, you know what, I'm going to do it because if I don't do it now, I'm going to forever be stuck in this lane that I don't want to be stuck in. And I don't want to have regrets when I'm 80 years old. Mm, um, yeah. So, and I so did. then you left, you left and you went traveling for six months with I no real goal or anything, but to see the world, right? Well, actually I did have a goal. Okay. I said, I said, because I'm this achiever person, I said, by the end of six months, you're going to figure everything out. <laughs> you're going to be published in National Geographic and all of that stuff. And of course, oh, so whenever you left, you actually did have the goal of being a published uh, mm-hmm. travel photographer and writer. I did. I did. Oh. I said, I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to do it. And yeah, but, and I gave myself six months. Literally, I said, by, by the end of the six, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing, honestly, because I didn't know the industry I was entering. I had no connections in that industry. Yeah. Like, zero knowledge of how it works. But I said, you know, you have six months, figure it out. And guess what? Did I figure it out by the end of those six months? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Of course But not. you didn't stop. What, what came next? I didn't stop. And I, I love that you pointed it out because that's super important. So we, important. we all have this idealized definition of how long it takes to become successful. So true so true if we want to admit it or not we have our own timelines in our head that aren't serving us honestly yeah yeah well and and social media right because what we see on social most of the time is the success moments the the moments of Mm -hmm. peaks we don't see the valleys we only see the peaks for the most part and so we have this and i had the two that's why i said for to myself 6 months and you know you you'll make it in 6 months that's plenty of time but the 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 reality was that i was burnt out from my corporate job so for the most of those 6 months i was just like nursing myself back to normal mm-hmm. honestly and not really doing anything to to advance my new career um but very importantly, what happened next is that I came back stateside six months later. All my friends and all my sort of peers were still in corporate, advancing the ladder, making the moves. And here I was sitting like, oh, my God, what did I do? <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, that, that was a really low moment for me because I didn't yeah. progress on my goals. I didn't get published in National Geographic by that time. I was just sort of flailing, you know, mm, especially um, being such a high achiever. I know I've had moments where I'm just like, oh, my God, I peaked. Oh, no, this is it. It's downhill from here, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is so exactly. not true. Exactly. But I think, yeah, the now in hindsight, there's so much wisdom and all of that. But yeah, at the time it was like, ah, Um, but a really important thing that I did next was I sat down and I gave myself a vision to execute against. And I said, okay, Yulia, who do you want to become by the end of this year? And I literally wrote out 10 things Yulia will become by the end of this year. And I wrote, like, I want to be a contributor to Lonely Planet. I want to have a photography uh, tour company. I want to have X, Y, and Z. And literally 10 things that, you know, were in my head. Mm 
I wrote them down. I really gave myself clarity and focus and a vision. And I went for it like one by one. Like, okay, if I want to be here in six months, what do I need to do now? Like, what are the steps for me to get to that point? What are the steps for me to go to that point? Right. And so I started like mapping all of that out. And that was the best thing that I did for myself because that just directed me so much. And, you know, fast forward to today, I am uh, a quite accomplished travel photographer and writer. I just had um, uh, a a couple of articles published in Condé Nast Traveler, which is a huge, you know, huge uh, magazine. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, and I, and I, I just love every moment of my day. I love what I'm working on. I love the projects that I have, the genius women projects and like everything that I do. It's just such a night and day from where I was five years ago, where I was like, you know, mm-hmm. miserable corporate worker. And now I just, I'm definitely living out. Now you really made it. <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. And now you're working on Genius Women, which I think is so cool how that came to be because people started coming to you and seeing what you've done and created. And they're like, hey, how did you get published and not Geo? How did you get all of this notoriety as a, as a travel journalist? I want that. And you literally started teaching others to do the same. What have you seen is the biggest misconception about being a travel journalist? Oh, I love that question. I love. And I that. think everyone like, oh, Nat Geo, so glamorous. I mean, is it as glamorous as it seems? Oh my God. I love that question so much. So yes, exactly. Everybody thinks it's such a glamorous job. And of course, when I'm on assignment, you know, in Mongolia or in Rwanda, and I'm shooting for this brand, it feels amazing. But what people don't perhaps realize is that how much persistence and how much just dogged stubborn perseverance it takes to get to this point because I didn't start shooting for National Geographic right away and in fact the first my first ever pitch when I approached the publication with an idea was to National Geographic and I never heard from them I never heard from them you know but I didn't give up I kept pitching, I kept reaching out to them, to other magazines, I kept honing my craft, I kept really zeroing in on what my niche is, what my voice is, what do I want, like what stories do I want to tell, and all of that takes time and perseverance, and a lot of times people, they experience one setback, or one failure, or one rejection, and they're like, okay, that's not for me, I'm not good at this. But you didn't even give yourself enough chance to really get somewhere, you know, and I think that's the biggest, um, we only see the highs again, you know, we only see this amazing highs of being on assignment of shooting, but we don't realize that what it takes to get there is a lot of perseverance and a lot of hearing no's and going forward anyway, and looking for different paths, new paths, different ways to do it, you know, and that's really the reality. Mm, it's so inspirational. Um, so whenever you are teaching women how to be travel journalists and how to get published, what does that actually mean? Mm. What are you actually teaching them? What are they actually walking away with? 
Oh my God, Lauren, I, I, you, you're such an amazing interviewer. You're asking all the just wonderful. Oh, I just want to know. I'm just like, wait, (laughs) what does it mean? (laughs) These are wonderful questions because, and in fact, I'll tell you, um, the reason why this platform is called Genius Women is because when I first started, when I, when I gave my first class on how to become a travel journalist, first of all, only women sign up for some reason. I, it wasn't just, you know, about uh, teaching women, but somehow only women sign up. One, once we went through the class, what I saw is that how many of us really struggle with confidence really have so many issues with doubting themselves and not thinking that we're good enough to to do this job. And this job is a difficult one in the sense that we really have to believe in ourselves and in our abilities and in the, the fact that we have something important to say and contribute to this world, you know? So that's why it's genius women, because I want everybody who comes across with our platform to feel like they're absolutely brilliant genius and they can do whatever it is that they want and they have something important to share with the world, you know? Um, So as far as the class itself, we give you very practical steps on uh, figuring out which publications you want to pitch, what stories do you want to tell, what interests you and all of that good stuff, how do you pitch, But all of that comes in like a later part of the class, because the first part of the class is bringing out that genius in you and bringing out that confidence in you and saying, no, you matter. Your voice matters. You know, Mm -hmm. what what do you want to achieve? Like put create that vision. Let's start. uh, Let's start working on that vision together. So it's 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 both. Right. It's it's this uh, confidence boosting part. And then there's this practical part of, okay, here's how you actually do it. So yeah, I I feel like the travel industry, especially travel journalism is so niche and competitive and it's such an established corner of media to where it's just like, you have to have some balls to be able to make it through there. And, um, I think it's so interesting that you focus on mindset and really pulling out your unique genius for this, because I think it proves that, no matter what you do, you have to come out it from your perspective and from your angle as a unique individual because your unique voice is what is going to cut through the noise. So it's what's going to actually make a difference. Everyone actually needs your particular voice, right? Because what I can say to a group of 500 people is going to resonate differently than how you, Yulia, says it and how you, listener, yes, you, says it as well. Um, So I think that's just so cool that even in like such a niche area that you're still doing that and you're still extracting that. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm curious, how important is kind of I'm just thinking like whenever you're creating a story, like, oh, do I have to pitch something that is, do I have to be a photographer and a writer or can I just tap into maybe one of those skill sets and really just pitch that instead and really pitch something around my own story related to that? Or how, how does that individualism show up in your pitches? Mm. Yeah, that's a really great question. So the individualism comes from 
believing that we don't have to compete. And that's really something that I try really hard to communicate mm. because like you said earlier, it's a really competitive industry. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it, I think, and we're, we're getting into these very interesting uh, concepts of patriarchy and, you know, why, why there's competition in the first place, because it's a very patriarchal ca capitalistic notion that there is survival of the fittest and only the best get, get to work with National Geographic. And, you know, we all have to compete for the same stories and all of that. And I just really, really want to get away from all of that. And I want to say that, no, there is abundance. I don't have to compete with you because who I am and the unique combination of my experiences, my values, my curiosities, my passions, it's so unique that there is absolutely no competition between us because my point of view and your point of view are going to be really, really different. And so when it comes to pitching and creating stories, how it shows up is that when I know what it is that I want to work with or uh, what it is that I want to work on, what is my niche when it comes to travel journalism, my niche is going to be so different from your niche. So the type of story that you will want to pursue is going to be very different from the type of story I will want to pursue. So we're, mm. we're absolutely not competing. There is space to tell all of those different stories, you know? And so I just really want people to start going away from that competition mindset because that's scarcity, right? It's like, there's not enough for everyone. And there yeah. is. There is. That's there's just room a, for it all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, uh, for your other question about, you know, photography versus writing or both, I'd say that most often I do see that, you know, people pursue either one or the other. And that okay. just comes, that just comes from your natural, um, interests and you know what drives you do you do you love both do you love both mm. photography and writing do you love writing do you love just photography I think that comes from that like you should follow what speaks to you it's just that for me specifically I loved both and I wanted to develop both and um, I do see that if you do have both it's a bit easier to navigate this industry because then when you're pitching publications, you can say, well, I'm a writer, here's my idea. And I also have this visual component to back it up, which of course, yeah. visual component is really important, uh, uh, you know, especially sure. nowadays. But again, that doesn't mean, because actually for the most part, I do see that most people either focus on one or the other. Uh, okay. And there's ways to navigate around that because writers often work with photographers. There's, photo banks that magazines have access to. So, you know, if you're a writer and you're not a photographer, don't let that stop you and say, oh, that means I don't, you know, I don't have Fit a the mold. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's not the case at all. So I'm so curious, how do you, like, this is your life. How do you actually make money off of this? So whenever mm -hmm. you, do you pitch an idea or do you have to come with a full story or, and then they, you know, once it publishes, you get a check or how does that actually work? Yeah. So uh, you pitch a, an idea most of the time, uh, not, not a full blown story. However, it's usually a story that you have already had a chance to experience. Meaning that the way it works most of the time is that you go somewhere, you, you know, pursue a story that you want to tell 
And then you come back, you pitch a publication and you say, hey, here's, here's the pitch for the story that I have. And then if they accept it, then you get paid from that publication. And if they, and, and if they don't accept it, then you pitch it somewhere else until you find a home for that story. Mm. Now, when I started, most of those trips that I did were trips that I financed myself because I just had no idea again, like how the industry works, what do you do? As I started um, gaining experience in the industry and understanding how it works, now most of my trips are actually uh, partnerships with tourism boards. So a tourism board sends me to a location that's fully covered. So I don't pay for, for the trip. You know, I gather my materials. I investigate what I need to investigate. I come back. I pitch that story to a magazine and then the magazine pays me for the work. So, oh. and, and that's, that's a much better arrangement than, you know, because if I have to go myself, then I'm spending money, then the magazine pays me, but I'm still spending money. In that case, the way to, to make it work is when you go on one trip, you figure out a way to get five stories out of it, not one, Ooh. right? So, so you, like you, you spend money to go on one trip and you have five ideas or five stories out of it that you can then pitch to publications and get paid for five stories versus one oh my story. God. What um, would you say the average compensation for someone starting, not yourself? Well, or maybe it's the same, but I, I would imagine someone just starting, it's a lot lower. Um, what, it, what would you say the average compensation per story accepted is? So it varies widely. It really? varies very widely. You, you can do as horrible as $40 per article, which is what? absolutely horrible. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that still exists. And, and thanks, thanks, thanks to all the content mills that have enabled uh, this situation. Because think of the internet, right? There's so yeah. many websites. There's so many things. And th- man, Lauren, we could spend another like whole discussion <laughs> about this because we're always, we're sort of shooting ourselves in the foot when we are willing to do free work or very low paying work, because that brings it down for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now on the flip side, there, there are, there are places that pay a thousand dollars for a story, $2,000 for a story. Mm-hmm. Are you photos so- more, uh, are they more desirable rather than stories? Would you get paid? That's, more that's not quite how to look at it. Um, yeah. So the way you look at it as as a writer, you are paid per word. Mm, okay. okay. Per word. And that rate can go anywhere from 10 cents per word to $2 per word. Got it. That depending makes on, sense. Depending on the outlet you work with. Now, on the photo side, it's usually, it's not so much per photo. It's usually you, you get paid per story and then you negotiate how many photos that story would contain. Oh. Um, Photography stories are quite lucrative too. Uh huh. But the, the, see, it, there's a lot of intricacy. There's that so many that. details. Well, yeah. 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 Because the thing is that, like, there's print versus online. You know, online pays cheaper, print pays more, but it's harder to get into print. Online is more accessible. So, you know, there's all these considerations. And by the way, we teach all of that in our class. <laughs> yes. That's huge. And I think it's so interesting. One thing that, didn't occur to me until we were talking is just with this influencer culture that we're living in. Um, as an event planner, I get, you know, 
free hotel stays and, you know, trips kind of like you do with like the travel tourism boards. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like online you often see like, oh, this influencer trying to stay at this place or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I think that's kind of a, something a lot of people desire is to be able to travel for free and to be able to do that. And I, you know, you and me are both lucky in that we've figured out really amazing ways to do this. And I I just, I'm curious how that's going to evolve kind of with this next generation of media, especially because we have these influencers that kind of are seeking to create content, but I don't think they're out there pitching to magazines. And so I, it, to me, it's just just like, well, duh, wait, if you want to do this, this is like, this is how you do it. Go talk to Yulia, go join genius (laughs) women, right? Like if you're wanting to be this influencer that gets paid to like, go visit these luxurious places or really adventurous places, then you need to be a travel journalist. And I don't know. I just never matched that up in my mind. And I don't think other people are too. It's so funny that you brought bring this up because this is a conversation that I'm sort of uh, having a lot lately because, yeah, people, when they think about uh, traveling for free or traveling as your uh-huh. job, they actually think about content creators right away, which is, you know, thanks to Instagram. Yeah. What, what they think about is is that. However, what I do is very different from that because, you know, even though let's say I could be called perhaps an influencer in some ways. Mm -hmm. That's not my job. My job is to, so here's a very, very important distinction between what a content creator does and what a travel journalist does. A content creator, a travel blogger, let's say, it's all about them and it's Mm -hmm. all about their experiences. Which hotel did I stay? You know, I I swam with the dolphins here or, you know, here's this five course meal. And I'm not putting judgment on any of that. I'm just saying that people follow travel bloggers and travel content creators for their personality, for their unique perspective. Travel journalists, when I write a story, the story is never about me. Mm-hmm. The story is about these artisans in Turkey who are creating this beautiful piece of work. Uh, the story is about this woman in Alaska who is trying to save the whales. The story is about, you understand? So it's yeah. it's not about me. It's I'm uncovering stories of other people, other cultures around the world. So that's the big difference. Now, oh if you God. want to be, if you want, if your if your inspiration is to stay in luxury hotels and document your experience, actually, Lauren, that's not that's not me. That's not this. Yeah. <laughs> that's not this. No. But if you want to tell stories about the world. If you want to uncover different stories about other people, then you come to me and you take my class because that's what I do. So again, it's it's very it's it's interesting because people always think about the travel content creators. And mm-hmm. again, it's absolutely valid. You know, I'm not putting judgment on that work. It's just a very different type of work from what I do as a travel journalist. Oh, I imagine. And I think especially for people who are listening to this episode, I think that whenever I think of like the content creators and the travel bloggers, I feel like that's like a very like boxed in kind of realm, like to where that's like, like you mentioned when people think of like, oh, I can travel for work and I can get paid to travel. They think of that content creator. And Mm -hmm. I love that. Hopefully for people that are listening, they're 
saying, oh, there's another way. Like I don't have to write about myself. Like it doesn't have to, because I think for a lot of people that's not comfortable either to share about them. They much rather would be out there sharing these stories like you are and following Mm -hmm. kind of this, this path that you're blazing for others. So I really hope, and I really am grateful for that clarification because I think a lot of people that are listening are going to be like, oh yeah, this is what I like. Yeah, this is what I wanted. Like I want to write about other things and what's going on in the world and I want to travel and I want to get paid for it. I don't want to just, you know, post a picture of my ass on the beach and get maybe a discount at a hotel or whatever that might look like. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, you know, and and thanks again. Thanks to Instagram. That's sort of what we know. And and the profile of travel journalists on, let's say, even on Instagram is quite low. Mm. Um, You know, the the first thing we immediately think of is that travel bloggers and travel content creators. But yeah, we exist and we're very much... uh, uh, you know, very, very much doing this work and uh, with efforts like Genius Women and some other things that I'm involved with at the moment, you know, that's that's the goal is to raise the profile yeah. of that and to share that, you know, there's this other way that's possible as well. What's the future of travel journalism, do you feel, especially kind of with the thought of like, oh, like travel bloggers and influencers like feel like they're kind of taking over it, very different space, but they're becoming very notable. I feel like, do you feel yeah. like travel journalism still has like a strong future? Or how, what do you feel like the future holds for? It? I mean, I hope so. I'm like yeah. nervous asking this. I'm like, oh no, what are you going to say? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so I might give you an untraditional answer. And I'm also, of course, very biased. But I think the the need for stories and our fascination mm-hmm. with stories will never go away. The medium might change, you know, we might be on Instagram, we might be 10 years from now, we might not even communicate through written world, (laughs) word, who knows, you know, maybe we just all communicate via, I don't know, sign language or something. But the need for stories and the need for exploration and learning what's out there behind the horizon and how people do stuff over there. I feel like that is such a universal need of people that that has that is not going to change. And so yeah. I'm not worried about will we be relevant 10 years from now? For me, the question is more the medium because that's absolutely has changed and is changing. Yeah. You know, now video is where it's at. Audio is where it's at. Um, you know, uh, and magazines are also always on the forefront of trying to figure out how to stay relevant with their medium. Mm-hmm. And all of those conversations are absolutely happening. But I think the need for stories and for exploration, that's not going to go away. So I'm I'm hopeful. And the other thing that I, I want to say is that a lot of conversations in the travel journalism space that are giving me hope are also about decolonizing travel journalism. Mm making it more inclusive, making it more diverse, because for oh, the most cool. part, it has always been about the white man's voice. Yeah. And the white, white man's perspective on the world yeah. and a Western perspective on the world. I mean, let's face it. That's what travel journalism has been for many years. It's, yeah. You know, uh, and, and a lot of conversations are happening now to, to change all of that. And that's really gives me a lot of hope. And that's, that's really exciting to, to be a part of that now. Oh my God. Yeah. It sounds like there really is just a 
plethora of just kind of what you were saying earlier. Like it's not about abundance it's, or about competition. It's about abundance and that there's room for everyone. Yeah. Whenever you change your perspective about bringing your own unique voice. Like I'm like, yeah, I would love to like hear a story about someone from the ease coming to America and their experience, like traveling the States. Like, yeah, that yeah, makes total exactly. sense whenever you shift that perspective. And, yeah. and I too, I want to make sure I recognize just how beautiful your take on changes. And I feel like your relationship with change and kind of evolving and what's next is just so admirable and beautiful and really unique. Mm-hmm. I, I'm having words describing what exactly it is, but your energy and how you approach this is just beautiful, like absolutely beautiful. I love it. And yeah. I, I'm curious, my final question is always around, in your words, how is Genius Women and what you're doing changing the world? Oh, man, yeah. I love this this conversation really I just loved every single one of your questions thank you so much that's 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 a treat that's a gift to me as a interviewee to receive beautiful questions so thank you thanks um well I believe that the more women will step to the forefront of their lives and really lead the lives that they are capable of leading and fulfill their potential and be bold in their aspirations, the better our world will be because women are what makes the world go round. I truly believe that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and the more we can just really fully own and step into our own brilliant selves and not be afraid and shed all that baggage of expectations, of doubts, of all that crap that we've been socialized to to deal with, the better our world will be because our world deserves brilliant, bold women who are living out their potential and living out their dreams and just being fully themselves. And that, you know, that just makes me so happy to be able to contribute to that effort. So that's, oh, that's what I say. Such a beautiful answer from such a beautiful soul. Yulia, thank you so much for being here today. And I want to make sure everyone listening here knows they can head over to Genius Women, that's women with an X, dot co slash travel. And you can actually get your own free guide of learning more about how you can get published in these amazing outlets and media places and just get started. I know we barely scratched the surface. So I think it's so beautiful that you also created this free guide to everyone listening. Again, it'll be linked out in the show notes as well as Julia's Instagram at genius women with an X. We're inclusive here. I love it. (laughs) Julia, thank you so much again for being here today. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much, Lauren. It was my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation I had with Lauren Andrews for her Let's Get Stabby podcast. If you did, make sure to check out more of the episodes that Lauren did with other women entrepreneurs. You can find a link to the podcast in our show notes. And while you're at it, check out Lauren's Unicorn Exchange community, where you can meet amazing and ambitious women in business through regular events, virtual coffee chats, masterminds, and more. 
You can get more information about it at unicornexchange.com. And yes, we'll share a link to Unicorn Exchange in our show notes as well. Thanks again for listening today, and I'll see you next week for a conversation with Keelin Rose, a UK-based travel writer and content producer.